So far, San Diego County's homeless population has managed to avoid an outbreak of COVID-19. Since the state's stay-at-home order, San Diego has offered shelter by turning the convention center into a homeless shelter. Despite the move, there is still some resistance among some homeless individuals because they would prefer to stay in encampments or on the street. Health officials are still worried, though. We know that COVID-19 is deadlier among older people and people with pre-existing conditions, two characteristics of our homeless population. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is a special live episode of your San Diego News Fix. Gary Worth, you're on the public safety team and you cover homelessness. Let's start with getting people up to speed. What has been the approach to keep homeless from getting sick? Hi, Daniel. The uh, approach was, first of all, to make sure that the people who are already in shelters are safe uh, in the environment that we put them in. We had uh, what was called bridge shelters, and um, uh, that was a couple of tents that the uh, Alpha Project has, another tent that uh, uh, Veterans Village of San Diego has. And uh, uh, Father Joe's also had a bridge shelter. They're called bridge shelters because it means it's a bridge between being uh, homeless on the street and hopefully getting housing sometime. Uh, so uh, some folks were over at Golden Hall uh, too because Father Joe's had to close their tent down to make room for um, construction project. But there was concern about um, everywhere that people were uh, there because the beds at Golden Hall, the beds at the other tented shelters were just too close together. Um, and they were getting screened uh, to see if they were okay. Uh, but uh, there's just a, um, some anxiety about how safe they really were. So they moved people out of all of those shelters and into the convention center where the beds would be spaced uh, a little further apart. And that was like 700 people that they moved out altogether. And it holds 1,500 beds. So uh, also the Lucky Duck Foundation uh, took one step further and said, well, let's make sure that the people actually already in there do not have uh, COVID-19. So they paid for testing for everyone who's in there, including staff members. So since that's been full, now they started moving people off the street into the shelter. Uh, so uh, yeah, the first thing that they did was to make sure that the people uh, we already had sheltered were uh, not gonna be vulnerable to get this. And that was an important step because Throughout the country, there's been some homeless shelters that have had outbreaks of uh, COVID-19 uh, with, uh, within their facilities. I haven't heard of any outbreaks um, at, uh, you know, among unsheltered people who are homeless in the county, maybe uh, in the country, but maybe that's because it, that could be hard to track. But uh, here in San Diego County, we've had, I think last time I checked, like about 30 people who were unsheltered and homeless were uh, were tested positive, uh, and that's out of about four thousand tests that that were given. Uh, so anyway, that was the, the first phase was to get people out of the of the shelters into a bigger shelter, and mm -hmm. also people who were considered vulnerable uh, because of their age or underlying health conditions um, had been moved into hotel rooms. Um, you know, and they don't even have to have symptoms, uh, some of them, because the Regional Task Force on the Homeless has about 300 rooms, I think, and they have moved people, or 200 and something, and they've moved people into hotel rooms just so that they can quarantine if they didn't have another place to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, make no mistake, this uh, whole shutdown has really created a whole new world for, you know, 
homeless services to be provided because suddenly you have these hotel rooms that are vacant. Makes sense to put people who need them in them. And also there's the fear of, you know, hundreds of people dying. So it kind of forced governments to take that extra step. So how would you kind of characterize the sea change that you saw from both the county and the, the city when it comes to dealing with this problem? Uh, the sea change? Well, um, for one thing, um, you know, I, I think there were some lessons learned from when there was a Hep A outbreak and they uh, responded uh, by adding hand washing stations out all over the place. And uh, it's there's a big difference between what these two diseases are and how they're transmitted. But one thing that is important to stop the spread of it is just by always washing your hands. So they put a lot of hand washing stations up around um, around the county, actually, and you can see them around downtown too, more than they had been before. Also, they you know, were thinking, I would say, what facilities can we use for um, housing homeless people? And they had already used hotel vouchers um, mm-hmm. before uh, to get people off the streets, specifically in Lamar Park and. Spring Valley. They uh, late last year, um, they they started moving people out of that park and into hotels. Uh, but then uh, they really, really broaden it uh, to think, you know, how how can we use uh, um, hotels from around the county to put people in? And there's like there's some in North County that Interfaith Community Services um, are overseeing. I think there's one in Carlsbad and one in Escondido. Uh, so that's another thing that they're doing. They're thinking of, um, you know, like shelters aren't for everybody. We don't have enough shelter beds anyway. Um, maybe hotel rooms are, are an option. And um, I was talking with uh, Greg Angel at Interfaith Community Services about the ones that they manage. And he said it's been pretty successful there that uh, some people actually have health conditions improve because they're indoors now. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, he's, he's hoping that, this is something that we can uh, actually continue to use as an alternative to what we have been using for shelters. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly been considered at the city level. So historically, we've known that certain neighborhoods in San Diego have larger homeless populations than others, East Village, downtown, Hillcrest sometimes. So after this pandemic, has that kind of changed? Has the geography of homelessness changed? It's hard to say because homeless people have always kind of been, um, you know, uh, ones to, to move around to different places. A lot of that may be because of police enforcement when there is too much of a cluster, too many tents in any one place, uh, you know, that can become like a health issue as, as well. So um, they get moved along and to another place. And uh, right now what's happened is that uh, city parks have been closed. So no one's been allowed to be in city parks. And I, I hear that that dispersed people in, uh, in a couple of different ways. And uh, I've been told that there were more people in encampments, like uh, where we went on, um, on Thursday into what's called the jungle in National City, um, Otay Mesa Riverbed uh, too, but um, also just some different neighborhoods. Uh, I was told that the neighborhoods uh, around the area just in some new places where they weren't before, they might be there now and it might be because they were in Balboa Park or another park and they don't have any place else to go. So that's where they're showing up now. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I asked uh, the police captain in charge of the um, neighborhood um, uh, neighborhood police enforcement, uh, which oversees uh, homeless outreach teams, if there had been any new reports of, of um, the type of crime that's called, uh, uh, what is it called, um, quality of life uh, crimes. Uh, and he said, no, they, they hadn't noticed any more complaints in neighborhoods where there wasn't uh, homeless people. So it uh, doesn't look like there was a big impact that anyone is up in arms about uh, that I know of, but it, it does look like they've moved around uh, a bit. What's odd is that the, I checked the uh, monthly count that's done for homeless people downtown. It's conducted by downtown partnerships, uh, downtown San Diego partnerships. And um, over the last couple of months, there wasn't much of a change in the population that they counted downtown. Although we know that people have moved off the street and into the convention center. Mm -hmm. Maybe they moved onto the street from someplace else though. Uh, though it's, uh, but it's, it's always an inexact science when you're counting homeless people because you might miss them. They might not be in the same place uh, one night after another. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that you visited an encampment. Uh, why don't you describe what it was like and also kind of the view of homeless individuals? Because I imagine they're not kind of getting the wave of news that many San Diegans are getting right now. You know what? You'd be surprised, uh, though, about how well some people on the street uh, and even in encampments are about what's going on. Uh, uh, some people on the street, they might have um, you know, heard rumors, they might have heard some uh, just uh, bits and pieces of news that got to them, um, but uh, I talked to one guy in, in an encampment and it seems like middle of nowhere and he seemed very up to date on on the latest news about what was going on. Uh, in Anna Kappen, there was people who thought it was a hoax. There was people who were scared that they didn't want to be there anymore. And um, when I was out on Thursday, we picked up a guy and brought him uh, to a place to be screened. And he was taken to the convention center because he was a little nervous about being out there. Um, ran into another guy, said, this is a hoax. Um, you know, uh, But also ran into a couple of people out there who said, that uh, we don't want to go in the convention center and think that we're safer here. And they, in fact, might have a point. If you are really isolated, um, you know, your odds may be better uh, to, you know, stay where you are. And in fact, the CDC, one comment that I've seen them make and their recommendations about uh, almost um, populations is if somebody is in an encampment, uh, and there's no place else for them to go, don't run them off the encampment right now because you may be pushing them into a more densely populated place where they might be more vulnerable to, to getting it. So in a case where people are relatively isolated, they're, they're saying, leave them alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Like if you think about it, a, a kind of small encampment is similar to a family unit, I suppose, and they are kind of socially distancing. So you know, as long as they are on the luckier side of things, they may not get it. Mm -hmm. So also one big part of homeless services has also been uh, mental health care. Um, has that been under strain during this time? Not that I'm aware of that it's under strain um, because there's uh, 
medical clinics continue to operate. Um, and uh, Father Joe's has uh, a walk-in clinic and they are still seeing their clients. They're practicing social distancing to, to do it. So I, uh, I had heard that that wasn't, um, I had not heard that, um, you know, uh, that was been strained from um, the homeless population, but that wasn't part of my, my um, the story that I looked into. And uh, I was looking into, one of the things I was trying to find out was like, why, if you're still on the street, why do you not want to go into um, a, uh, a shelter? And uh, there's a variety of reasons. Uh, and I, I talked to some uh, service providers who gave their opinions about it. And they said, it could just be that it, maybe somebody had a bad experience. So you can't question why are you not going in if you have tried it and you had a bad experience and you came out the other side no better. So I said, well, that's a rational uh, way of looking at my decision. Like, why would I try to go back into something that I had a bad experience and I came out and it didn't do me any good anyway? Uh, so some people may stay away because of that. Some people may have mental issues. Some people may have real issues being around a lot of other people. But then there's other issues like, uh, you know, drug use uh, that people, you know, they're out on the street using drugs in the middle of the day. And you can see that. I saw it on 16th Street. Um, it's pretty heartbreaking um, and it's pretty visible. Um, but also there's just decisions, uh, personal decisions people make. Like I talked to some people and uh, like one, uh, one guy put it is like, I don't do curfews. You know, it's like, I don't know where I'm going to be at nine o'clock. So I'm not going to come in at eight o'clock and have somebody tell me that I got to be home by then. And I'm okay being out on the street. And he was aware of the virus too. He said, I'm washing my hands. I'm being careful, um, but I'm fine. <laughs> so um, there's that reason too. Uh, it's, it's just not, shelters just aren't for everybody. Hmm. Makes sense. And finally, when things finally go back to normal or perhaps the new normal, what changes do you expect to see from how we deal with homelessness in San Diego? Because these changes are pretty big. Hmm. Well, uh, worst case scenario, there's not going to be any changes. Uh, we don't have any solutions uh, to really create more affordable housing that we're not already working at. Um, best case scenario, though, it's like um, it raises more attention about uh, the issue of homelessness in uh, in the city and the county. Um, more people have gotten involved. Uh, we're thinking of other ways of sheltering people besides uh, the grid shelters that, that we have. Um, and uh, there's a lot of things in motion anyway. Like Father Joe's has a goal of creating 2,000 additional uh, housing units uh, for you know that would be for low-income people who might be ex experiencing homelessness. They're have already broken ground and are building uh, a. I forgot how many rooms it is, but you know it's uh, will be a few hundred rooms, I think. And then they have they're converting a hotel that they bought. Um, I think Interfaith is looking at buying a, getting a, a hotel also. Um, so coming out of this, might be thinking that. There's uh, other ways that we can get people off the street, and we should be thinking of other ways of getting people off the street. Um, obviously, you know, 
like that's just part of the equation. Um, you know, people have issues that led to their homelessness, and those obviously have to be addressed. But um, also within that equation is just that there are some people who actually might be working, they might be sober, uh, they might be fleeting a, um, a bad relationship uh, from you know domestic violence survivors, and they can't find a place to to live. Uh, because they can't afford it. So that is part of the equation too. Uh, and, you know, we just have to address all of these, all, all of these issues uh, at one time. And maybe coming out of this, we'll have, uh, be thinking more broadly about uh, like different places that homeless people. But the other reality is that as we come out of this, they're going to have to turn the convention center back into a convention center someday. Now, this is called a shelter to... Uh, a shelter to housing, I think it, uh, it is. And uh, the idea is that while they're in there, we will be working to find permanent housing for these folks who are in there. Um, but that was the idea with the bridge shelters as well. So it's not like that's a new idea. That's the point of the bridge shelters is that we're supposed to be finding housing for them. Um, yet there's no shortage of homeless people who are still out on the street and are still in the shelters for, for months trying to Wait for that opportunity to move out, uh, though. Nope, I'm not sure <laughs> what, uh, what's going to look like when we come out of this. Certainly, this pandemic is kind of forcing governments and people to reconsider things we've just t- taken for granted or decided were intractable problems. So maybe there will be some kind of silver lining out of this. Gary Worth, thank you so much. Hey, thank you, Daniel. And now your coronavirus update. San Diego County officials said that they expect additional businesses to be able to reopen at the end of the week, although few specifics about what that will look like were provided. The information follows California Governor Gavin Newsom's announcement that some retail stores can reopen with modifications as early as Friday. Under the new guidelines, music stores, toy stores, florists, sporting goods, and others can reopen for pickup. Newsom said more detailed guidelines in the businesses that can reopen will be released later this week. County Supervisor Greg Cox and fellow Supervisor Nathan Fletcher were working on, quote, presenting a framework for businesses to work from as we prepare for a gradual reopening in our region. Newsom also said Monday that he plans to expand decision-making at the local level, allowing some communities to open more businesses at their own pace. Fletcher said the county is exploring what that might look like for the region. County health officials reported 93 new COVID-19 cases and five more deaths on Monday. To date, 4,020 county residents have been sickened by the novel coronavirus, and 144 have died. The most recent victims were identified as three women and two men, ranging in age from the early 60s to the late 80s. The new positive cases account for about 7% of the 1,293 tests reported to the county on Sunday county officials would like to be able to test about 5,200 residents daily. To further that goal, three additional testing locations will be open on Tuesday at Grossmont College in El Cajon, the former Sears Building in Chula Vista, and North Inland Live Well Center in Escondido. County officials said the sites will be able to perform about 800 tests a day. Residents do not need to have a referral form from a doctor to get tested at one of those locations, but an appointment is needed. To schedule one, go to ihi.com care slash COVID testing or call 888-634-1123. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. 
we want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union Tribune is dedicated to bring you latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the virus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of your news at your fingertips, wherever and whatever you want if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrip.com slash subscribe. Until next time.